All right, what's going on, everyone? War media fans and followers out there on Facebook this Friday, Facebook Friday, special bonus. I say I call this a bonus episode. You know, we've already done uh, an episode of, war, of Running with War this week, but I wanted to do another one, given that, you know, Josh couldn't uh, be on the last episode for one. And also, you know, with, with the playoffs and everything, we didn't give us, we didn't have a show last week. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to sort of, rec, uh, you know, uh, you know, make up for that. And, uh, but uh, yeah, right now, we just got, uh, like I said, we got Josh here with me. Uh, what's going on, man? No much, man. Nothing much. Just, you know, working, grinding, the adult life, as they say. Uh. <laughs> it's a, you know, we, you know, we just, uh, yeah, we definitely always grinding out there on something or another. But, uh, you know, today I was just been sort of laid back, kicking it. You know, I kind of wish it was like, you know, it's a nice ball night we got to still a phrase for Michael Wilbon. But we got, you know, we got the three game threes tonight in the NBA. You know, Sky are playing. And, you know, it's, it's a lot going on tonight. I kind of wish, though, it was like last year. Uh, you know, because of the weather today, you know, it's a, you know, it's been raining and stuff all day. I was kind of wishing it was like it was in a bubble where you had the games throughout the day and stuff, you know. But, you know, I've just been sort of patiently waiting throughout the day because, you know, ain't been able to do much much uh, outside of nothing. But, uh, yeah, now we're coming up to, you know, the action has started down there in Atlanta, uh, New York, and Atlanta still in the first quarter. Our guy Chris is down there too, man, celebrating the, uh, <laughs> yeah, celebrating. I guess a, a bachelor party or whatnot. You know, got us wishing we could take the show on the road, man. You know, but they they're not at the game, but apparently they're going to be. Did he say he's going to Magic City or they just going some other strip club? I have no idea, but I do know one thing: if he hit up Magic City, he might see Lou Will right there next to him. Right, they might be celebrating after the game. He might be celebrating after that game. He should go over there and get some wings. I'm telling you, he needs to get some wings. He needs yeah. to be my food taster for me until I go down there for myself. I gotta go down there myself and get those wings. So I need, I need exactly. someone to give me what the experience of what it's like to get lap danced and eat wings. I just need someone to tell me. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta live vicariously until we can, we can make it down to ourselves. You know. Yes, sir. But uh, and shout out to another. A lot of birthdays this week. Another big birthday today, the the one and only Scoop B, Brandon Robinson. Our, yes, sir. A man going way back. And uh definitely uh wish him the best. You know, I shoot I, if I I if I, I, I I didn't know it was even Sean. Uh we was we have another birthday boy, Sean Terry, uh our uh, co founder of We Are Real Radio. Uh he actually was gonna be on the show here. But uh, his his birthday plans have ended up uh, superseding the show. He got mixed up with some time and stuff there. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's admitted to his mistake there. He, he, it's on him why, you know, I did my job. It's on him why he was <laughs> on the show. So, you know, we'll get him on sometime soon. I wanted to get him on because I wanted to do some Bulls talk. And, you know, he's – you know, very big on the Bulls and stuff. He's always in the mix on Twitter with all those Bulls bloggers and everything. So 
I wanted to get them on. But, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Bulls, I guess. Uh, but, you know, lots going on in the playoffs. A lot's going on that's worthy to talk about right now. You know, Josh, man, if you want to just start off, man, what, you know, it personally for you in your mind, what's been the stuff that's been uh, really keeping your interest early on here with these playoffs and stuff? I think for me, the most, for the most part, it really is this Atlanta Hawks Knicks series, just because, you know, Trey Young has arrived. Like he has pretty much put his stamp on the map as he is that guy. And, for Atlanta to have all the weapons that they have playing, they've been playing great under Nate McMillan since he took over and it shows in the playoffs. They've limited uh, the most improved player of the year in Julius Randle to um, very small numbers in production per se, especially from an efficiency perspective. Um, but it's also interesting because there's so many headlines that come with this. this in this series is not just Trey young, but it's also the, the re reemergence of playoff Derrick Rose, right? Uh, Derrick Rose shining in the way that we know D Rose can shine, but doing it so efficiently, so gracefully, um, as far as his game is and the skill set emerging from what it once was in Chicago to what it is now. It's just an amazing thing to see. And Derrick Rose right now is the best player on this Knicks team. And he's the one that's keeping, helping really keep this team afloat throughout this series. That's why the series is 1 1 now. And that's why he's starting in game three tonight. So that's, I think for me, that's the biggest. Uh, thing as far as the series wise and what I'm paying attention to the most and intrigued by the most. It's very much, uh, you know, it's, it's been it's been bringing up some some conflicting feelings in some Chicagoans, you know, but not so. And, and for some, not so conflicting. It's just for a lot of us, we see Derek doing well. We want to, you know, show love to him at all at, at, at any any point, even. With those, you know, Knicks, you know, who we can hardly stand in any in in any proper, uh, you know, situation. But the bull, the old Bulls, the last Bulls that we really had a chance to win with here in Chicago, are very well represented on that Knicks team. You look at Rose and Todd Gibson and uh, Coach, you know, Coach Tibbs. They really are bringing at the core a lot of the same principles and values that those Bulls had with uh, Derrick Rose and and Taj and the bench mob and Luol Dane and, of course, every, you know, uh, all those guys who, you know, uh, Joe Kim Noah, of course, uh, everybody who we, uh, you know, had so much love for. And it's about 10 years ago now that that's been the case. The, that there's been some pictures and posts on social media showing D. Rose with the, with the low cut, you know, much like myself back in 2011 going at it and you know 20 years or 10 years later you know he's out there a different man he's been through a lot of different things he's got the dread now but he's still a baller and you know yeah. it's definitely one of those things where you just feel so proud of him because he comes from the turf and you know proud of him personally knowing with all that he's been through that he survived and he's not just a guy who's hanging on a roster for his dear life He's really out there hooping and, and showing himself again to be one of the best players of his generation because he has that heart. Yes, sir. That's what Chicago's all about, right? We're blue collar. We all about the grind. We all about the toughness. We all about the grit. And that's mm -hmm. what Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson bring to this Knicks team. And and it's shown. And I and, and the best thing about this Knicks team per se is the fact that everybody's bought into it now. 
Julius Randle has, has been bought into it. Um, Reggie Bullock has been bought into it. Alec Burks has been uh, really showing up in this series in key moments, and he's showing it. So, therefore, like, Tibbs got the culture unlocked. And since yes. that culture is unlocked, especially on both ends of the floor, you see a thriving team. This is what Tibbs does. He takes talent that's given to him and, and, make, and gets the most out of them. And nine times out of ten, they're going to go to the next level which is the playoffs every year. He's done that in Chicago, even without a Derrick Rose. He's doing it now with the Knicks. So at this point, I'm not, you shouldn't be surprised, but it is, that if it is a, a, good, a good thing to see, especially when you talk about what he did in Chicago. And now, he's, and even though he's doing it with, a, you know, as we say, maybe an arch villain per se, an arrival as far as the Knicks, it's still, not, it's still really refreshing to see. And the Knicks are always better. The league is always better when the Knicks are better. Yeah, look, looking at the action, man, this – this just is really – this probably is going to wind up being the most even matchup of the first round. And, you know, right now they're going at it. Atlanta's up uh, three points. And they just got a lot of physical play involved here. You know, Atlanta's been stepping up, even though they're not really known as a physical team. They're more, more as a scoring finesse team. They rose to the occasion and, uh, you know – with this being, like I said, this being a 1-1 game, Atlanta does have the advantage right now with this this game and the next one being at home. But I wouldn't be surprised to see this series go seven. You know, uh, no, these two, you see, like I say, it's a nice clash of styles in, in the way they both got some good talent. And it seems like just things are going to flow back and forth between these teams. But uh, – I, I'm glad to see Drew uh, showing up and representing. I don't know why he's not on the show, though. <laughs> Shout out to you, man. Maestro. Yeah, if he could comment, <laughs> why aren't you on the show with us? You could be talking, too. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> we uh, like you know we got to go through some more of the East. You know, like I said, another reason why I want to do this show today is, you know, you got the – this game going on, you got the uh, Nets and Celtics game. Uh, we sort of leading up into that. We're going to be having our, our, our guest Dwayne Rankin on about the time that uh, that tip off happens out there in Boston. But we we're gonna, uh, Drew say picking his little man. Okay, I got you, Drew. I got you. But uh, you know we're gonna have Dwayne on around that time to talk about the West, what's going on in the West. Uh, Dwayne covers the Suns. He is the official Suns beat reporter for the Arizona Republic. So we're going to get some good insight on that series and um, you know, get talk about, like I said, what's going on there and what's going on in the rest of the West. But uh, before that, we're going to talk about, like I said, the East. East stuff. I didn't, didn't talk much about the East in the last show. And uh, also talk, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to fit. So I wanted to do the Bulls talk more with Sean, but he's not here. So I'm, I'm kind of just wanted to do like an official, uh, you know, uh, goodbye to the, you know, send off to the Bulls. Uh, maybe we'll do that next week. I'll probably get someone else on. Maybe we'll get a Ricky O'Donnell or somebody on for that. I'll see. I'm just talking now. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, let's, let's just keep it to the playoff teams here. We got enough to talk about there. Um, couple of notes I'm seeing starting off about tonight's game. Serge Ibaka uh, is ruled out for game three. 
with that uh that Clippers Dallas series and um uh Westbrook is uh, according to the athletic questionable for game three. Uh you know, Wizards need a need a win there. You know, as we look at these series, Josh, we got uh you know, oh, oh every, you know, almost all of the series except for like two or three uh oh two. So uh, you know, out of those teams that are down oh two, what do you which ones do you think are the most desperate right now to get the win? To, to pick a win up in their series? I say Boston. Because once, once, if you go down 0-3 to a team with that much firepower offensively in the Nets, you might as well just go home. You might as well get the brooms out. Just, just go home. Because Brooklyn has too much firepower. And you've seen it in Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving where at any point in time, no matter how much they're down, they are going to come back and they're going to take the lead. And when you take the lead... Good luck, especially if they're all locked in defensively. I mean, obviously Jeff Green has been out, so unfortunately that's been that's a big blow to them, especially in the defensive end. At, at the same time, though, Blake Griffin has stepped up, and we're starting to see an older version of the older version of Blake Griffin back in his Clipper days a little bit. And you know, not to mention the reserves are stepping up. We talk about Landry Shamit and Joe Harris; they're stepping up. So the Nets have too much firepower to where you can't let them get comfortable. And when they get comfortable, it's over. Boston has Boston doesn't have that guy to just step up and take over like they used to. Jason Tatum was supposed to be that guy who's been inconsistent. Kemba Walker has kind of been a no-show. So at this point, Boston is pretty much has to they have to win game three to get themselves any sort of life support. Other than that, you can call you can just end this series, call it call the sweep, and then start your offseason and figure out what you're gonna do in Boston because what you got right now clearly isn't enough. Definitely, that it, it seems that they're the most overmatched team that you know in the first round. You know, we even you know we can even look at uh, you know probably the they're probably not even playing the worst. You know, we you could argue the Clippers are playing the worst ball. We know we'll get to that in a little bit, but you know Boston, they like I say they just don't have the weaponry to match with the Nets. You know, uh, Tatum has been, you know, people have has held out some hope that Tatum would be able to hold the, you know, keep Boston up on his on his shoulders, but he's starting to wear down physically. He can't keep it, everything up on his own. And, um, yeah, I, I just – it's interesting that they got the big, you know, national broad, – well, the, the network broad, national broadcast on ABC tonight. You know, I guess that's – you know, really behind the power of the Nets and what they draw. But, you know, we we may just – that's maybe all we see tonight is the Nets playing ball because it might just be a, a beat-them-down, blowout type thing. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be much of a showcase for Boston. It may, may, may be more focused on Boston's fans than the Boston players tonight, you know, given yeah. uh, you know, what Kyrie said and – you know how that's churned everything. I'm surprised it's churned that much conversation, really, because, like, I, you know, I, I said it the other day on Wednesday, on Wednesday show, like, you know, everybody knows the history with Boston. If people want to push back and everything, it's like the history is out there, man. You know, people, countless athletes who have come through that city, even as, you know, home athletes that you've had, let alone opposing athletes who, you know, given testimony to what you've 
what your fans are capable of doing on any given on any given day, what they're capable of saying and acting towards black athletes. So it's like y'all just gotta do better, man. If you don't want, you know, if you want you don't want that reputation, just do better, man. It's, and and that's that's one thing. Let's let's get into that, you know, in general. Cause that's a that's an issue now that's spreading across the league. We just getting fans back. And now these that these people want to act a fool, you know. You, you know, Westbrook gets the popcorn thrown at him, yeah. And you know, uh, the spit on uh, Trey Young, the incident yeah. there in New York. You know, there was another incident in uh, Utah, I believe. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's like you know what, what's going on with these people, Josh. It's like you know, my mama, but my mom's is is she 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 thinks that the the COVID has got people's brains acting funny in general anyway. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if it's something like that, but you know that that's just that's how your mom thinks about these type of things, and you know. I, I, but I, I sometimes you look at people. You know, you've been holed up out in, inside for you know a year and a half almost now. And it's like you get outside, and you don't know how to act. You know, right? A lot of these, a lot of these NBA fans need home training apparently, man. What, what do you think about? It? I mean, I don't think it's that far off, man. I mean, it's it's like. When you first go to college, right? You you finally get away from home and you finally get the first place of freedom. And next thing you know, you go buck wild on your first weekend. Like sure. or, or your first trip to Atlanta. <laughs> For real. First trip to Atlanta. The one the one thing you don't do, you do the one thing you're not supposed to do, right? It's like you if there's I, I think I think some of that does play a role for sure. But I also think at the same time, you know. COVID, the, the COVID pandemic in general really brought to light more and more in-depth realities of what America really is. We've seen it in the protests. We've seen it in the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor situation. We saw how fans and people reacted to Black Lives Matter as a whole throughout the whole entire pandemic. And now we're in an era where not just COVID is, you know, slowly but surely getting better, but athletes are being more outspoken about these social justice issues, including fans and how they react to racial uh, injustices throughout these arenas. This is just another social justice topic that's continuously being brought up. And I believe people are getting tired of the rhetoric 24-7. And because of that, you're just seeing a reaction towards those things. I, and, I, and I think obviously COVID does play a role in it. People are ex- exciting, you know, being super excited to get back out into the outside public and to big time events and, and, and things of that sort. For sure, all that takes place too. But I also just think that, you know, pe- fans are really just trying to are, are, are trying to bring back the, the normalities of what these fans, of what players have already addressed about, which is the racial issues that take place in these arenas, the racial slurs. Um, the, the 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 actions behind those racial slurs and like you mentioned, throwing the popcorn and beer, being beer, having beer thrown on players and spit and things of that sort. Like I understand it's the playoffs, but at the same time, the the lack of respect for these athletes or how they're being viewed on a daily basis, especially as entertainers and not as humans. And I think that plays a role in how they and how fans react to what's to even some of their own home players. There's no reason why you should have your home players like Marcus Smart and Tristan Thompson talk about, yeah, this is real. This happens all the time here in Boston and we don't need to ha- we don't need to be having that. Or how they're gonna try to react to fans that do that if they were one of those victims, right? 
Like that shouldn't be a case. That shouldn't be a norm. But unfortunately, it is. And it happened. And for Boston to be one of those relevant places where historically racism thrives in fans and arenas. That's that's just a no, that's just a normal a normal uh you know topic in that arena. So I, it's not surprising, and it's still and it's unfortunate. But if anything, this just really sheds light more on the issue that we already know at hand, just like everything else has within this pandemic. Yeah, man, you, you hit it on the head, man. I think these these battles, these little battles, these little uh, aggressions, you know, a lot of people call them microaggressions. Some of them not so micro. I think if you throw popcorn or spit on someone, that's more than a microaggression. But I think that all this stuff that we're seeing in these recent terms, uh, it just goes back to the ongoing struggle, like you say about, how the fans view these players and how this mostly white society or this integrated society that we try to, you know, constantly hold up, how it views uh, authoritative, empowered black men. And it's like, you know, when when we step, you know, we step, we step up for ourselves and our people, there's always a pushback that goes on. And there's a, there's a willingness by the grander society to want to sort of, you know, put us down a peg and make us, you know, not feel as big as we are. They make us feel bad for the the stance that we take and the, you know, just like I say, the willingness to stand up for ourselves. We can't be, we're uppity if we, if we look out for ourselves and our people in the, in, in a certain way sometimes, you know, and these, like I say, these NBA players, they, they live a life for Raleigh, and in, 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 I think for the average NBA fan, they think that you know they are these people, these these young men are blessed in some way, and and that they didn't they don't put in they don't put into uh, perspective how hard they've worked and what they've come from, and what they have to offer the society beyond their abilities as basketball players. They just think of them as commodities more or less. And they're the guys in the jerseys who are tasked with helping their favorite teams win championships. They're the guys who help produce the numbers that allow them to uh, win an over-under bet on their on their betting app or or you know uh or you know win their fantasy basketball league that they're in. You know right it's some it's how so many of these people just look at these players and like you say, they don't look at them as men and as human beings. So even when they get up close to them, and they feel they feel they feel even in that arena, they're up close to these people. They can be within within punching distance. And we've had instances where the the, the brothers have gotten off the court and punched dudes for real. Westbrook was show enough about ready to do that to the guy. In uh in Philly the other day, he, if those guys, if those those are like six or seven dudes jumped on him right quick, like no, <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> if they, if those dudes were there. Well, if that was just like two or three, Russ would have probably broke broke wild and, uh, and got on that guy for real. And but uh, I think that, I think there was a report too that the guy was already running out to the ring <laughs> <laughs> when he saw Russ. Russ the way he, he saw Russ going, he's like, oh, we could have out of him, but uh. No, nah, but you know, they even in that arena setting, it's like they feel that there's some like there's some sort of invisible barrier, mm-hmm. and like they could just 
throw out whatever they want to throw out, and they're not going to get anything back, you know, from these guys. And, you know, it, uh, unfortunately, it's going to take another malice in the palace disaster for some of these fans to realize that, you know, you got to do better or, or you're going to be uh, in the crosshairs yourself. Yeah. I mean, you when you mentioned the invisible barrier um, aspect in arenas, the first thing I thought about was, like, how some people act at the zoo, right? They forget <laughs> that, you know, there are actual animals that are in these different conventions, um, but at the same time, ooh, something getting the call. You blowing up? Yeah, I'm blowing up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to... On the call. It's not one of our guests we're expecting. <laughs> Sorry about that, people. You know, I got a important business to take care of along the way. Um, but, um... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, when you think about the overall zoo component, right? There are actual animals that are in the zoo, um, and there is a barrier. At the same time, though, you know, people still try them. They test to see if they're gonna jump over the railing. They're gonna trust and trust them to see if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna come attack them, even though they know there's a barrier that's safe, and that's a visible barrier. You know, you got the dumb, the dumb ones that throw like the popcorn and the sodas and. I want to see yeah. this animal won't eat this. Like, you know, you got those type of people still existing in society where they will look at, or try to test the waters to see how far they can go. It's, it's the same thing, in, in, in at least in these NBA arenas. They'll try to do everything that they can to see how far they can go. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and the crazy part is, if, if it wasn't for the malice in the palace, you really wouldn't even know how much of a barrier that would be. Because... It was the mouse of the palace to where that why the NBA got so strict on fans. And some of these things are still happening. And yes, they're being more strict on identifying who the fans were and, 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 and revoking them of their privileges of being season ticket holders, of coming back to arenas and things of that as sort. As they should. Yeah. As they should. They most definitely. As they should. Ban them from these events, ban them from the stadiums, et cetera. I'm all for that. At the same time, though, if if it wasn't for the NBA, the malice in the palace, you do have to wonder how often would these things be taking place, and how far would they allow these players, these fans to go? And now that because these things are continuing, and there's such a history now, even more, especially more recently, recently in a playoff format of these unfortunate actions taking place, now the league has to take things to another level. They have to be more strict. They have to take things to another level with fans and security to make sure that their talent that's on the floor is not impacted. And right. and, and that's the only way they can they can move forward with this thing because outside of that, you're going to get the same thing over and over and over again. And this is a different era. This is a completely different era of sports. So we have to respect that. We have and we have to put the barriers of necessary so that way these fans, the talent that's on the court is not impacted, not necessarily by just what's being said, but actual actions of violence in a way being targeted towards them. When you talk about the food on the court and throwing food at players and and, and beverages and things of that sort. Yeah. It's all those things you know, we got you gotta think about the worst. Uh, you know, possible outcomes in, in situations like that is all these things are popular. I mean, we we sort of have seen the worst, I guess, beyond the malice of the palace. 
the worst will probably be someone losing their life or something in the in the scuffle. But you know, thankfully we, that hasn't happened. But I think without the malice in the past, I think eventually we would have had in the time since the time between that time and uh, you know the present, we would have had a, some similar incident happen in the in the NBA, I believe. So I think they the league has reached a reckoning partly of its own making, but it's but it is you know, in large part about larger societal things that are involved. You know, uh, I, I, I think, I believe I saw a post on Facebook earlier today. I think it was from the big homie, Michael Tillery, who had proposed that eventually there's going to be a physical barrier in arenas. And, you know, I would hope that it doesn't come to that, but Exactly. Be a lot like hockey. That would be all. And, and really what you've seen, too, in the post-COVID, well, you know, COVID times, I should say. We're not quite post-COVID yet. But you have seen due to, you know, the the separating, you know, not wanting to uh, inflame any uh, outbreaks, anything, the separating of the court more and let you no know, less less if any fans on the court side, you yeah. know, and you have the, the wider spaces for the benches and stuff. We may have something, you know, that may be a routine thing, and I think teams would probably hate to do that because it'll be it'll give up. You'll be giving up a lot of seats, a lot of the richest, uh, you know, the, the most monetarily uh, beneficial seats for the for the teams, for the franchises. But you know, if again, if we have another big event, you know, a, a notorious event happen in an NBA arena, it's gonna be that's gonna do more to affect the league negatively and monetarily than you know giving up some of your core size seats. So they gotta, they gotta, they gotta be proactive about this and get on these fans. And you know, I I, I hate to have a, such a negative or cynical view about our about society, but it's just like the, the the grander stuff that we've talked about, the stuff about how people view black men and black athletes, that's going to take a lot more work and a lot more time to get over. So in the meantime, the NBA has to be very proactive in getting control of their, their fans. And really, we got to embarrass these people who do these dumb things. We got to, you know, ban them and embarrass them and, and make the next person who feels you know, in any type of way about trying to do something to an athlete, you know, make them regret that before they even put that into action. Make them feel like, look, I don't want to be the next person on the summer jam screen. So let me <laughs> let me let me keep my popcorn in my in my, <laughs> in my in my container. Let me keep my spit in my mouth and let me just enjoy the game. I'll just say what I gotta say. You know, it's bad enough the things that some of these people say, you know, the uh, you know, uh, uh, Trey got the F, don't you know, got the F Trey Young chance in New York and stuff, but he yeah. could deal with that. You know, he comes back, he comes right back at him and says what he says, and he and he drops thirty or forty on him. You know, that's that's the give and take that we can deal with as NBA fans. You know, if I'm I'm a cuss out the opposing player, he can come <laughs> back and, and hit a game with a shot on me. So that's, right. that's you know that's just all in the name of the game. You know we got just got to keep it at that. You know. 
Yeah, D and D Rose mentioned that too in his interview in his post yeah. one of those, uh, post interviews. He said he's like, man, this is just basketball. Like right. I'm from Chicago, this is what we do in this guy. Like right, yeah. I'm worried about. Like he said, that's how that's, that's the name of the game. You trash talk. You you go out there and you ball and you and you give respect where it's due. But just know the next game is going to be that much more difficult. And you saw that because the next play came back and won that game. So. so but then Trey Young came back and said, "We'll see you in the A too." So that's what makes it. That's why it's like, okay, I, I, you know, you can you can you can sense, you know, the hypeness of this rivalry, the intensity of this rivalry. This is a playoff series, and this is what we live for. Not just as media critics, as analysts and analyzers of the game, but as fans too, people that watch the game on a daily basis. This is what we. This is what we wanted. This is what we crave for, and that's what that series brings. Um, yeah. Not every series going to be like that. This is playoff basketball, and that's one of the things you just got to love. About, that's one of the things you love about the NBA. Yeah, I, I definitely, like I say, just looking at it as it's playing out again, this looks like to be another tight game with New York and Atlanta's. And that I'm, you got to guarantee at this point that this is going to be the last East series that's going to be settled because, again, the other two series are all 2 0. We saw. Let's get into the Bucks Miami series right quick. That no, that was the last series to go up 2-0. Uh, no, excuse me, three zero. Now uh, we got that's the three. That's the first series to go three zero. The other two are two zero. They could be two. Uh, you know, the other two remaining are two zero. Philly and uh, Washington are two zero. As uh, you know, Nets and uh, the Boston series could be three zero by the end of this evening. But uh. Milwaukee goes up 3-0 in Miami, just as impressive down in South Beach as they were in uh, Milwaukee, man. You know, how, you know what, what are you taking from that series, man? Are you impressed with the – you know, I put uh, – the question I put up in the rundown is, is the, is the East the Nets to be take? Uh, you know, is, is the East for the taking for the Nets? And, uh, you know, given the talent and everything, a lot of people say yes – but I don't know, man. The Bucks, the Bucks got to take on the Nets in the second round, you know, unfortunately. Uh, but that series could be the defining series in the East this year. You know, the Bucks like they're ready to take on anyone right now. You know, what what's your thoughts on on the way that they played and the way that they the message that they sort of given uh, against Miami, a team that knocked them out? Yeah, everybody was like. Well, they don't want to see Miami again, and you know Miami is this. They you know defending these champions and everything. They 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 finding out that that bubble life was is, is <laughs> you know it's, it's 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 not the same outside that bubble, you know. Yeah, I think I think there's there's two there's multiple components when you talk about this actual series because this is not the same Miami Heat team. Um, no. I think they actually regret. I mean, it, it is. It kind of is, literally, but it's not. You know. I yeah. Know, yeah. I'm just. Right. Yeah. I know what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. For sure. And I and this and I believe at this point, Pat Riley is pretty much sitting in this chair, regretting not pulling that James Harden trade. Right. Yeah, come up. I see that come up today on a couple shows. Yeah, because right looking at that series, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, those guys aren't showing up in the way that they did in the book. And nope. and because of that. They're suffering. Jimmy Butler is pretty much out there. Them out of bio is giving me Wendell Carter Jr. vibes. Where he gets <laughs> oh, he don't even shoot no more. Like he just doesn't even look for his basket, look for a shot anymore. It's like he almost mm. checked out. Um, and that's 
That and that's and, that, and those type of plays is what made the Miami Heat so special in during that bubble season, right? So this, this this the way the Miami Heat are playing right now is not the same as they were in the bubble last year. At the same time, though, the Bucks have improved so much because of their additions of Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker. Um, yeah. PJ hey, Tucker, you, try, you know, got Forbes too, and, and yeah, Forbes, and yeah. Uh, talk about former Bulls, Bobby Porter's out there playing. Yes, shout out to Bobby. Yes, yeah. Bobby's out here doing his thing. He represents the Bobby, South. Bobby too. punching him in the mouth again. <laughs> Yeah, for real, man. I mean, the, the books have reinforcements that can actually follow through on their commitments and in their roles now. And yeah. having those role players playing at the at the high efficiency rate rated play that they can, and having a Drew Holiday that made that makes life easier for the Chris Middletons and for the Giannis's where they don't have to run the whole offense on their own anymore. That really opens up the offensive flow for Middleton to do what he does best, which is at times create, but for the most part, for the most part, shoot the ball. Giannis, same way. He can focus on going downhill, up and down 24-7, and getting it and getting his scoring that way. Drew Holiday can actually emerge now as a go-to player, especially down the stretch, which is what the Bucks lacked these past few off-seasons and past, past few years, and what equates to why they exited out of the early rounds of the playoffs. They never had a go-to guy down the stretch. Drew Holiday can serve as that guy now, and has stepped up, and then he has stepped up to live up to that expectation. And then you have a PJ Tucker who brings a toughness side that the Bucks lack, and he brings efficient three-point shooting from the corner. So and ability to guard multiple guys in the front court too. Yes, he's, he's tough. He's tough in that way. So that's yeah. It, it so much is less, like you say, just. Less weight on Giannis and and uh, Chris Middleton to perform from, but and but the freedom has allowed them to just like yeah do what they want, and you know Giannis can he can score between twenty and twenty five, but also give you you know fifteen eighteen rebounds and just play within the game, distribute the way that the that they need to distribute. I love the way that Drew was playing and that he's not pressed to score himself. Like you say, he can score, but he's not pressed to score. He's scoring around like 15 or so and dishing out the, around the same number of assists. You know, right. at least 10 assists in both in in these in all these games, I think. So he's he's distributing, he's playmaking. They, you know, the Heat just cannot find anybody who they can focus on uh, you know, defensively to harass and, and make mistakes. Uh, Giannis is feeling good doing his little fallback shots. You know, in the on the mid in the mid range. You know, or getting on on the low post. And you know, they just got too much for Miami, and that's not a team that seems to be very motivated right now to play ball in the way that they were in that bubble. They just they like that. They seem to know that they're outmatched, especially after that game last night. Yeah, it's 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 sad to watch, and I I, I really wish Jimmy Butler just said forget it and went back to his older Bulls days, and even what he did in a bubble, and just went to work because the offensive flow is just not the same anymore. These role the role players are producing in ways that we, that we were accustomed to seeing them produce. So at that point, as the, as the main superstar on that team, we know that Jimmy Butler has the ability to just take over when he wants to take over. And he will do it at a high rate. He's done. That's what brought. That's really what helped him on the rise of his journey to where he became now. So because of that, 
he has to go back to that mentality, in my opinion, in order for them to even have a chance. Because you can't trust your role players at this point to perform at the rate that they know that, that we know that they have proven that they can. Because right now it's not there. So you got to scratch the book. You got to scratch the offensive playbook and just say, give me the ball and go to work. And let the offense flow through Jimmy Butler on a more consistent basis and just hope at opportune time the role players produce. And because you got to get, you got to give yourself some sort of life. They're down 0 3. You lost all your you lost your home court advantage already. You got to be able to just step up and say, "Forget it." You got to go to work. You got to get this thing done. You got to get yourself at least a chance. The only way Miami's gonna get a chance at this point is if Jimmy Butler takes over and says, "I'm about to drop 40 tonight," and y'all be, and carry the team on his back and see where they go. I think they they need that, and they need Robinson and Hero to at least. Make a, a few threes, man. They they haven't made anything, but they they gotta they gotta step up in proximity, you know, getting the proximity of what they did in the bubble as far as their shooting and the way that they were impacting the game, stretching out the defense and all that. You know, if they don't get if they don't get that, I think they could get forty from Jimmy and still lose. You know, I how far do you see this series going? Because for me, I said this on Wednesday again. You know, if you're the Bucks, you kind of want to end this series as soon as possible because the Nets are looking to end their series probably by this weekend, by the end of this weekend. So you don't want to be, you know, mixed up in any six or seven game series, and you know the the Nets are you know probably gonna be out in four or five at the most, and you know they're gonna be just chilling, getting rest that they could new that they could use because their guy you know they're they still have only played like ten games with their big three. So they're you know they wanna they wanna be rested. They wanna be in a place where they don't feel pressed, at least in these early rounds. But you know, if the if the Bucks are gonna do anything with them in the next round, they gotta be able to jump out ahead quickly and, and really jump and take control of that series. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I think they can actually get it. I think they can pull out the brooms this weekend. I I believe they can really bring, pull out the brooms. I do too. If not, if not for sure, for sure, five games. And I think this is the, the difference this year is because of the veteran leadership that they have on that team with, with Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker. They've been in those scenarios before, and this is the first time, really, in a long time since the Bucks actually had a lead on a series, and. Have, you have hope that they can maintain it. I mean, the last time you had that was maybe the earlier years of Chris Middleton and Giannis when they first arrived in the playoffs and they took Boston to seven games, I want to say, in that first series. And then Scary oh, yeah. Terry, uh, you know, that's when Scary Terry emerged and that young Boston team. I believe that's the same team that went to the uh, to the finals that year. So, I mean, that, outside of that, they went – you know, the Bucks have been exiting out of early first rounds, first or second rounds. Like, so because of that, I feel more comfortable with the Bucks winning this first series and single-handedly in a four in a sweep or a five game or five games because of what they currently have and the way that they're currently playing. Um, but but I agree with you. If they if Brooklyn is playing continues to play this way and they and they sweep or get this series done over the weekend, Milwaukee doesn't want to be playing game sixes and game sevens. And giving Brooklyn any type of advantage, we want to talk about rest and preparation for this next series. 
Looking at the schedule, they got they play the first game tomorrow. Uh, he's uh, the Heat and uh, Milwaukee does so they it's a little bit of a break there for them if they sort of give up that game. I think I actually think it works in Milwaukee's advantage too because I don't Miami doesn't seem like the type of team or the type of city where you want to play at <laughs> eleven in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like on a Saturday, like at 11, oh, we got to get up and play at 11 in the morning on Saturday? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're going to have their legs under them, man. So, they probably not. I, 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 they probably not. That's why they got to get it done while they can, man. They got to get right. it done while they can. But but I think if Milwaukee, if you if you stay on the straight and narrow no, and not get involved in any extracurriculars yourself, Get in that hotel early and do what you got to do. They should be ready to go out there and play ball and, you know, like I say, pack it up. But even if they, you know, somehow don't get it done tomorrow, I'm guessing they will play again on, uh, I mean, the schedule, but I guess they will play again on Monday. So at the early, yeah, in Milwaukee, and they'll be back home in Milwaukee because it'll be game five. Right. But the earliest that, the Nets could clinch would be Sunday. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's – so the the break if, – if they had to wait until Monday to clinch in Milwaukee, the the time differential between them and the Nets wouldn't be so much. So they they actually could give up the game tomorrow if they – you know, if, if worse come to worse. But, you know, I, 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 I agree with you. Like, I think they very well could sweep. So, and I think that that could be the case too with uh, Philly and Washington, especially given this report about Westbrook. I, I'm expecting Westbrook to play, unless you no, know, we're not hearing. Unless there's more to what we're hearing than what we've heard. But you know, Westbrook, you know, like I said he already the the incident that we talk about with him going off the court and getting the popcorn on him. He was going off the court because he was injured. He was going to be going to be looked at in the, in the back. And, you know, you already had, you know, Bill, who's been dealing with his hamstring stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Washington beyond those two is just a young, mostly inexperienced playoff team. They don't have much to, to really offer. So, Philly, you know, they're locked in. They know they're the number one seed. They know who they are. And they pretty much got a nice road ahead of them, at least going to the conference finals. Like, you know, you don't want to overlook the next round for them. But especially if we're like we're talking, if the New York uh, Atlanta series does go six or seven and it's very hard fought, they're going to be taking a lot out of each other mm-hmm. and setting that winner up for a pretty rugged battle against Philly. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, just to look ahead, you know, I, I foresee Philly getting to the that Eastern Conference Finals. And you got to give them, you got to say it's an easier road. It's not an easy road, but it's an easier road than playing either Brooklyn or uh, Milwaukee in the second round, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Philly got an easy road there. Um, And that's why, you know, we got to pay attention. That's why I hope the Bucks finish early with the Heat, and I hope the Nets finish early with the Celtics. So now you got two rested teams going at it full full flash before you find out you know, which one of them plays against Philly. And I think depending on the team that Philly has to play, they're, gonna, they're probably win 
they'll probably win within five, maybe six games. But I think they're going to be hard fought either way, uh, either way too, because the Knicks defensively they're 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 a gritty, tough team, physical team um, that you know Philadelphia doesn't always want to play with, um, and not to, and then Atlanta they live up to the challenge. You see what how they live it up to the challenge with the, with the Knicks as far as the physicality and what they bring. Um, it's not going to be a cakewalk for Philly to beat Atlanta like that either, especially since Atlanta has more weapons on especially on the offensive end than the Knicks do. So, they, they, you know, Philly may have a little bit of a run for their money in this next series, I mean, although we expect them to win pretty much single-handedly. Um, you know, it might be it might be kind of interesting to see how these how those how that next round will play out, especially depending on which team you get the physical side of things, but you also get you know some pretty nice offensive firepower that they got to defend. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But we coming up. Uh... We should be having uh, Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic join us uh, in a few minutes here. Before we do that, I want uh, got another subject that I pro- we'll probably have to leave off the board for another show, uh, talking about the potential expansion of the league. I know that's something that you are interested in as well, Josh, but we'll we'll probably hold that off to next week at the earliest. But I, I want to get right uh, quick into some of the NBA awards that have already been given out, as well as uh, the ones that are to come up, you know, come with, uh, you know, we we know all the uh, award finalists already, but two awards that have already been given out, uh, Julius Randle, you, you mentioned that earlier about him winning most improved, uh, New York Knicks, just a great season for him, a first-time All-Star this year, excuse me, average 24 points, 10 rebounds, and six assists. Is really doing everything for those Knicks. Uh, and uh, Jordan Clarkson winning the six-man award. Him and Joe Ingles, his teammate, sort of had did a nice thing, well, a video there where they were sitting together and Joe sort of surprised Clarkson with the award. You know, they were both finalists, uh, but uh, they showed love to each other in that way. And, you know, Joe seemed to be a good sport about it. But, uh, you know, what, what do you think about these two awards and uh, the guys who got them so far? Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Julius Randle, um, what can you say? He, he emerged out the gate a completely different um, player, especially in the offensive end. He added more to his arsenal. He became more efficient. And I think with him buying under the work ethic that Tom Thibodeau and the culture was – he was establishing within the culture really excelled him in ways to where he can play as a, as that number one guy from New York, especially when Derrick Rose came along. I think that played, I think that really played an intricate role in his development, especially on the offensive end and his production on both sides of on both ends of the floor. And like, and not to mention he is an all-star this year as well. I mean, you coming from last year where, you know, this next struggled, and people wondered how they're going to get to their next month, how they're going to fix things. And then next thing you know, he comes out of the blue and he's an all-star. I mean, it's well-deserved. What can you say? And, you know, for the Knicks to have an all-star who is also most improved player of the year, you got to get you got to tip your hat to the Knicks and what they're doing over there. And you can tell that the culture that is being established, the direction is moving in the right, in the right way, and the, the future looks bright for what's currently going on with the Knicks and transitioning to Jordan Clarkson in Utah. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson did his thing this year. 
he was definitely by far uh, my candidate, my pick for sure for a six man of the year. I mean, the Jazz became the number one team in NBA, and the way that they did it, and it's just impressive. Reminded me of pretty much like a younger Spurs team, <laughs> where yes. you got a couple a couple superstars on your team, but at the same time, a lot of good quality role players that played in a Popovich s type of offensive system, and everyone thrived. And Jordan Clarkson definitely thrived this uh, this year. Emerging as a six as a six man candidate, which we always thought was a role for him, anyways. Especially when he was playing uh, with the Lakers and ended up getting traded in, in a LeBron James trade. Uh, well, not LeBron James trade, but he uh, ended up getting traded to the Cavs and ended up playing with LeBron the year before LeBron. Yeah, that, that mid season trade. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I, it does, these these awards didn't surprise me. Both of them were very much well-deserving of the award. I, I actually, if I were to submit my, my vote to the NBA, those two would have been my candidates for those awards. And yeah. but the best for them, for real. Um, they, they deserved it. Yeah, it, it definitely shows you how deep and, you know, uh, f- you know sort of multifaceted that team is in Utah. But it's like like you said, those Spurs teams were those best teams. Spurs teams were under Popovich and, you know, the uh, the, the teams that won all those titles with Ginobili and uh, so many guys coming off the bench. It's rare, though, to have two guys, two guys from one team who are honest, you know, uh, contenders for the same award, let alone award like uh, the sixth man, which is very specific. Yeah. So, you know, they had they a six and seven man in Utah. <laughs> You know, they are pretty, you know, doing, it's still, you know, a little bit of a challenge for them with the uh, Memphis uh, starting off with the, they they looked a lot better with Donovan, uh, you know, Mitchell returning to the fold yes. in that game too. So they go, they're going to get back at it uh, tomorrow, I believe, with their next matchup. But uh, yeah, Randall, going back to Randall again with the with his award, is just really a no-brainer there. And um they like it's really the first time since Melo that they have a guy who they know they could build around now. Uh, a young guy who is a who is uh emerged now as a star who's he can give you that double double and you know just really t- take over things. Now, the, to that extent, he did he, he's been a little shy in the in the series so far here against yeah. Atlanta. You know, it'd be nice to see him uh you know, uh, reassert himself over the course of this series. I don't know what he's doing tonight exactly, but, you know, the Knicks are still competing. So you got to figure that he's uh, contributing somehow there. So uh, we'll see how, how he establishes himself in the playoffs. With the Knicks, you know, even going back to that mellow era, you were talking about a team that, you know, had so much expectations and so much that they were hoping to do, but in the end, they only had one playoff series win. And, yeah. uh, you know, with Melo, and it wound up going right back to their uh, their usual uh, middling play soon after. And, you know, he left and not everybody from that team left. So, you know, the Knicks got to – they got to want to make this a different uh, – narrative for them this time around where it's not just you know them peaking up and contending for one real one year or two and then falling back off they want to make it make it last a little longer than that but uh yeah 
a, a peaking up because I, I switching back to the Sky game as well. I see at the half now it's 58-44 Atlanta. So, yeah, Atlanta may be uh, trying to take real control of this series. And they say they say they don't, ain't no more games in GA. I mean, Atlanta, this will be a good series for them. If they can, if they can take control and be and win in, you know, five or, you know, six, even, you know, I think that'd be a good sign for them too. Cause that's another team where it's like, you know, who really takes them seriously in the playoffs, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I think that'd be a good look for them. They could get rid of these Knicks and, in the next game or two, and uh, going into that uh, uh, potential Philly series, it'd be a nice boost for them. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I I agree. Trey Young, he's 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 emerged as that guy in Atlanta, and I think with the coaching change that they made, uh, getting you know removing Wood Pierce and bringing in Nate McMillan, an actual experienced coach, especially when it comes to the playoffs. You know, he may not have had the greatest success in the playoffs. Um, he's he's known for having tough playoff runs and having those having those tough teams give other top tier uh, opponents a run for their money, and that's what he's doing in with Atlanta. And the team is bought in. Atlanta has a lot of offensive weapons, and as long as you can get them to lock down defensively, Atlanta's tough to beat. And Philly's going to have a lot of their hands, especially if they have to play each other in the next round. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, with uh, looking to go up to the top of the hour here, uh, hopefully Dwayne Rankin can still join us. I'm going to check up with him. But uh, whether he does or not, we just we just transition over into that uh, Western Conference play. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, the game tonight, just the one – Western Conference game tonight with uh, the Clippers and Dallas. And, uh, you know, tomorrow, uh, I guess tomorrow we'll get back to uh, the Lakers and Suns. Okay, okay. And there we go. I I, I say the series name and he comes up. pops (laughs) up right. (laughs) Right when I do it. It's like Beetlejuice or something, man. A candy man. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna call Dwayne the Candy Man. No, there no. you go. That brother was crazy <laughs> in that movie. Now y'all know he. Was. <laughs> well, you got to be a little older to know that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they trying to bring it back though. They said they're gonna re- they remade it. So I'm, hopefully that'd be a little scary too. But uh, Dwayne, man, it, it's a, it's a nice to see you, brother. Man, I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, Serves reporter for the Arizona Republic. The man to go to for the inside on on the Suns. What are you saying? I'm just saying. I appreciate that. That's good looking. That's good looking. Yeah. I don't know nobody else to go to for the Suns stuff myself. Well, 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 I appreciate that. I appreciate so, hey, appreciate the but, confidence you have in me. Not not many do. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's their fault, man. That's their <laughs> fault. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you gotta be I, modest, man. You gotta be modest, just a little bit, just a little. Hey, bit. I I don't know, man. Modesty hasn't gotten me enough. I I, I you got you got to <laughs> blow your own horn. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take heed of your advice on that one, right? 
I'm saying, man, how you how you doing? Are you out in L.A. Right? Are you out in L.A.? No, no, no. We're we're you know they're not giving us any more access than we would if we were out in L.A. So it's kind of like what's the kind of feeding the purpose? But if uh, the songs uh, make this a series and push the sixth, and the plan is to go out there for Game Six, so. Uh, okay, well, see, that's a, that's a big if there, man. I, well, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we. <laughs> Yeah, we, we let's start there. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I brought you, wanted to get you on is, you know, you have an off day here today, but that game yesterday just wasn't very encouraging. You know, what what were your thoughts on how it played out, and you know, what do you think is the mind state for the Suns right now, down two one to the defending champs? Well, first, brother, ain't no off day. I'm working on a story right now. So I'm no saying off day for them. I, I mean, let me be clear. The off day oh, for no, them. No, 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 no. There's no off day for them either. I mean, the Suns practiced today. I mean, they did like a little light thing. The Lakers took the day off. You know, they're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not surprising. We, we, we got guys hurt. You know what I'm saying? Braun, ankle. We got to get that better. AD, he was walking wounded until they threw a lob to him. And he was finishing those. So uh, they took the day off. But, no, um, as far as Phoenix goes, I mean, Chris Paul, I mean, he just has to be in better health. I mean, if, if he's not, if he is what we saw last night, if he comes back with that again, that's not going to be good enough. And there's no fault of his. I mean, it's just it was a crazy play how it happened. I mean, he's trying to get a rebound. He's trying to test LeBron. You know, he's like – you know, he got that warrior, you know, I don't care who it is, I'm going to try to make something happen. That was probably the mm -hmm. wrong guy to be trying to contest. Then he got bounces over him, turns around, Cam Johnson, bam, cracks his neck. You look up, he's, he's, he's like, you know, he's, he's walking wounded right now. So he's gotten better. You know, they figured some stuff out with the treatment. But, I mean, they can't have seven points from Chris Paul. I'm sorry. That, that's not going to get it done. I mean, they had 95 points as a team last night, and that's not enough. You know, and DeAndre Ayton, as good as he's playing, he's not the guy that can just go off. You know, he's not the 40-point guy. What you're getting is what you would get anyway. If he was at his best, he's a, he's a 22, 28, 26 guy. But they could use a 35, 40 piece from him. But the Lakers are the way they're defending, they're taking away the perimeter. So he's kind of getting, you know, one on ones where, you know, the team just sort of penetrates and kicks it to him for a dunk. So he's kind of getting, I don't want to say they're letting him score because they're not, but they're not going to let Booker do what he does. And so that means that Aiden's getting more opportunities, but they're going to live with Aiden shooting. 11 for 13 and not getting to the free throw line, then Booker going for 40, 45, hitting like six threes. And, you know, and, and then you got a problem because then that's opening it up for everybody else. And Crowder's hitting. And then although Crowder is two for 20 from three, I just looked it up in the series. It's, it's, it's a problem. You cannot do that in the playoffs. So they need him to, to, to get – you know, back on track. And I, he's had this all year, Kyle, where he, he'll go through a bad stretch and then all of a sudden he shoots eight for nine. And you're like, how does this happen? How does he go from two for 16 and then go eight for nine in the next game? I mean, so 
that's what the lake that's what the sons are banking on and eventually it'll click in and he'll hit and it's gotta be it's gotta be tomorrow night because if it's i mean sunday night sunday afternoon because if it's not it's three one and it's over yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i wasn't i wasn't sure if you guys are playing tomorrow or sunday it's but sunday, it makes sense. sunday afternoon yeah, yeah. Sunday. they get the that's the benefit of playing the Lakers. You you get those extra days off because they you know they want to put them on the big national games. But yeah, you but know you getting them days off in LA. I mean that's that's kind of not the place you need days off. <laughs> yeah. We were just we were just saying that about Miami and, and, and Milwaukee because they got to play early tomorrow. We was like, man, I don't know if you want to be getting up at uh, for the eleven o'clock game in Miami on the Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of rough. Oh no doubt, but but two days in LA. I mean, I, I get the restrictions, but these guys have just, you know they don't want to say they got vaccinated, but truth is, most of them have probably gotten vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? You know, so they're gonna be out and about, or at least you know that. I just don't. If I'm sons, I'm like, man, I don't like that that two days in LA, even though it's days off. But that's the wrong place for the visiting team. To be having days off. I know before pandemic, that was like death. That was like, well, you're gonna lose because you spent you're on a three-game road trip and you played the Clippers, then you had two days off, you played the Lakers. Well, you're gonna lose to the Lakers because you got that extra day, extra time in LA. Right. Right? Different with the pandemic, but still I, you know, that's just not a good thing. Yeah. I, I, Josh, I'll let you ask something in the in the second here, but I saw like a headline on um on the on your paper. In your sports session today that sort of made mention of the Lakers maybe being in the Suns' head right now. I don't. Do you do you think that that is an impact, like in, you know, uh, spiritually or emotionally or whatever, or mentally? Mentally, I guess we'll just leave it at mentally. Do you think that right. there's a mental thing that's also affecting the Suns right now, and just being like? Man, you know, we especially especially when you when you think about maybe this is just on Chris, but he has that that history now of being injured at the wrong times. And, right. you know, it's like, you know, this Suns team may be feeling like that Houston team a few years back where it's like, man, we had this chance and now it's messed up because our, our general is down. You know, what, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, if, if, if you really look at it, this season has been so crazy that Truth be told, it probably should be flipped. I mean, the Lakers should probably be the two seed, and the Suns should probably be six, five seed, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because of the way the season went, but the Lakers having all these injuries. I mean, if they didn't have all these injuries, you know, they probably would have been a one or a two. So it's it kind of like, like they'd at least be top three. Right, right. So you're kind of thinking, you know, this is probably, you know, it should be flipped. But, you know, the season played out the way it played out, and the Suns won 51 games, and they deserved that number two seed. The problem is that, you you know, it's gotten chippy now. You know, it, it's, it's talking mm -hmm. going on. And, you know, when you're losing, it doesn't it doesn't benefit you to really be, to really be chatting. But, like, Devin, Devin talks trash. It's just, you know, those of you who haven't seen him play, I've watched him now three years, the guy talks trash. That's just what he does. So hey, he's talking. Jay Crowder, he loves to talk. You know, so you got two guys, and Chris loves to talk. So you got three guys that's your leader. These are your three leaders on the team that like to, you know, pop off at the mouth. 
So, but and, yeah, what, what was the reaction to the stuff involving Crowder and and Booker last night? What, what was the reaction to that? Oh, Dennis Schroeder, he was smiling the whole time. He's talking about, <laughs> you know, he's like, if you're going to disrespect me, I'm going to disrespect you. You're going to talk trash to me, I'm going to talk trash to you. Smiling all the time, looking like Wes Snipes, demolition man. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was just straight cheesing the whole bit. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, Schroeder don't care. I mean, Schroeder's yeah. like, my mama raised me right. And then he went into that. I was like, dang, Dennis, like, I didn't know Dennis got down like that, you know? So you got him talking. LeBron is like, that thing with Crowder, we was, you know, between the legs and all that. Man, that got Jay heated. Jay was leaning on him the rest of the game. Like, he's he like up in his body. And LeBron just like pointing back, like, see this right here? Like, he in his head. So when you're talking about like the history of something, you know, that's kind of like, that's kind of part of here being in Phoenix, you know, that whole idea of, you know, LA is. Is LA and Phoenix is uh, not an inferiority complex. It's kind of that in a way. But yeah. then, as far as this series goes, you know, they're playing a team that clearly has the two best players in the series and yeah. LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis is he's even coming out, he's like, Yo, yeah, Jay and I were talking, you know. So he's he just he basically called out every mono on mono conversation going on. He's like me and Jay, Jay LeBron, Dennis and Devin. So you so, so they're all like, you know, they're, they're enjoying this. I mean LeBron after he scored, he's dancing on the sideline with Montrez hair. I mean they're having a ball. And the Suns are just like, okay, we watching this. But what can you what could they do about it? You know, last night. They couldn't do nothing about it because LeBron's getting to the cup whenever he wants. Davis is doing this thing and Schroeder to me has been the unsung guy because they could live with Davis and LeBron going off if the rest of them weren't. Sure. Schroeder had 24 in game two. He had 20 last night. Anybody counting on Dennis Schroeder doing that? That is it's definitely not ideal. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not knocking his gang. I think he can play. No, I'm just saying. If you went into a series and you were thinking, if you were the Suns, you were like, well, if LeBron and AD go off, okay, but we can't let you know, Schroeder, we can't let the other guy do their thing. And then Schroeder is, Schroeder, Schroeder is killing them with that. You know how he has that underhand release? He's just killing them with that. He's getting to the rim, and it's just like hitting. And he, he got that set shot kind of three. That's going down. So, I mean, you, you're looking at three guys is essentially the offense because Caldwell Pope can't hit a shot right now. Russo, he's making his, his share, but not a lot. And then the big fella, Drummond, they didn't unlock him. He's like the cracking on certain plays. He just – he literally had Frank Kaminsky like, please do That's not, not – yeah. Do not come in the lane, man. Like, kick the ball out. I don't mean <laughs> – yeah. Right. That's a rough matchup, man. So yeah, I mean, so they've got matchups in their favor. And if Devin's not hitting, which he's not, Crowder's not hitting. Aiden is the only offense they really got going. Again, campaign, he's just coming out of nowhere. But see, when Cam gets hot, it's at the end of the game. They're like down. So he's like, you know, he's trying to bring them back. Yeah. They got what they were getting from him early in the game. 
they can maybe get a lead and then try to win at the end. But Chris Paul is the closer, and he's not closing because he's hurt. I mean, yeah. Molly said in the last seven minutes of game two, the last nine minutes of game three. So your, your guy that's been closing games all year is watching with his warm-up zone. It's not good. Nope. No. Josh, you got something, man? Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, you talked about. First of all, it's not seeing you, meeting you, my brother. Uh, pre, you know, glad to have you on. But, um, but um, I, obviously, you talked about from a leadership perspective how Chris Paul has always been the guy leading this, leading this team, and now that he's injured, he's not playing up to potential. Who is that next guy that's got to step up? Especially when you talk about Devin Booker struggling and DeAndre Aiden not living up to a high-level performance that you ideally want to see in those type of situations. Who do you believe could be that potential guy that got to step up and lead this team in order to give them a chance? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Aiden's playing great. He's just not giving them the 30 that they need right now, 33 to 5. He's giving them 21-12. Uh, the guy only missed, like, five shots. I mean, he's had seven shots all series. He's like 32 for 39. I mean, you can't beat that in terms of – but it's all in the paint. And the Lakers are living with him doing that because the other guys aren't getting off. So you clearly need Devin to be able to start hitting some threes, hitting some shots. But the guy I look at is Mikael Bridges because he's the guy that – can get it in all kinds of ways. He gets it in transition. He gets it in pull-up. He gets it in threes. He defends. Like, he's a guy that can that can flip the game because of all the other stuff that he does. The problem is, is that LeBron way outweighing him by, like, 60 pounds. So when he tries to – so when LeBron makes his mind up, I'm going to the rim. He, You know, and that's another thing. I'm looking at LeBron. I saw LeBron in his first playoff series. And I covered that first run he had in Cleveland. And this is how I know LeBron is old. Because that's a move that he's doing now. Those were those were finishes above the rim with his elbow in the basket. But now he's got this trip factor where he just powers through people. And so if Bridges can somehow, you know, you got to frustrate LeBron because, you know, LeBron likes to hold it. You don't do this stuff. You got to crowd him in and force him to either A, do something and get the help, or B, play off and say, you know what? Shoot that three. I'll let you have that. I'm going to live with LeBron knocking down threes as opposed to him getting to the basket. But truth be told, I think Mikael Bridges is that guy that if he can raise his level and give him 18 to 20, as opposed to this seven to eight that he's given now, he's capable of doing that because he's done it all year. Then that's a different team now because what the Suns like to do is get the corner three. That's all based off ball movement. You know, Devin draws draws attention, he kicks it. Next person kick it. If you're in that corner, pull it. They're not getting that getting that shot like they're normally getting, and that's Mikhail's area. So if they can get Mikhail on court a little bit knock down some threes, because he, like I said, he can do so many other things. He can get you 20 in like three or four different ways. So he's the guy to me. If I'm saying somebody got to step up, other than Devin, who had two 30-point games, games one and two, but he only had 19 last night. So if Devin can get back to that 30, which we know he can, and Mikael can give him that 20, and they can raise his level to like that 25 to 26, now you got – 
that's opening it up for everybody else. It was right now, the Lakers are just so tight on the perimeter that the three balls are being contested, and that and that and that's a problem. It with, with, with Brian, you don't want him getting that. Uh, the one thing I noticed with him, you don't want him getting that shoulder down to right. the baseline. You don't want that tattoo all up in here. Like you don't yeah. want <laughs> he come up with the quick he the one thing he still do quick, he come up with the quickness on that baseline and then he you know just throw it down. That's yeah. he loves to do that. But yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want that. I mean he got he got this fadeaway down now too, the little fadeaway yeah. from the corner. I mean that's 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 become one of his I don't know how he's making it because it looks kind of awkward to me, but he knocks it down. So it's just, unfortunately for the Suns, they drew the worst team they could draw, and that's just where. What was the feeling? What was the feeling during the playing? Because I was talking with some people during that 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 LA Golden State game, and I was like. You know, everybody is enjoying watching this game. The Suns fans have to be like, 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 damn, we got to see one of these teams in the, in the next round. Like, I, I figured y'all were the only in, in Phoenix. Y'all were the only ones who just were like not enjoying that game at all because both of those teams were looking like though know, it was going to be hell for for the Suns. But it, at the same time, this was a very good season. And, you know, I remember talking to you after the bubble and, you know, there was a lot of encouragement and stuff given right. what they they did in that bubble. They didn't get to play in the playoffs, but they didn't lose a game in the bubble. It was such a, a interesting run there. But right. and you, you, you guys knew the talent was there and everything. And this was without Chris. This was without Paul. So now you get you get Chris Paul and everything. And it's like, man, you know, you're ready to go. But. You know, what What do you think is going to be, you know, win or lose, you know, it's edging more towards the latter. But, you know, what's it, what do you think the, the mentality is going to be? I'm just being real. Oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that. You're definitely keeping it shut, Dave Chappelle. You're keeping it real. <laughs> You're keeping it real. Hey. You know, what, what do you think the mentality is going to be? Because the NBA, it is like, you got to pay your dues in the playoffs, you know. Even if you know you, they, you, no matter what your seeding is, at some point you got to pay your dues. And it seems like the dues that this Suns team are, are going to be playing right now. You know? Well, I mean, well, first, I mean, I mean, they're they're a win away from getting home court advantage. I mean, if they get if they get Sunday's game, then it's a it's a whole new series. Guess what? What you love about a playoff series It's like. It swings, you know, okay, they drop two, it looks bad, they can't score, they can't stop Anthony Davis, LeBron just having his way, you know, Jay Crowder can't throw it in the ocean, Devin Booker's frustrated, he's getting ejected, uh, Jay Crowder gets ejected, so all looking lost, all it takes is a win, and all of a sudden it's looking a whole different direction, so that they, they, they get this game forward and we got a whole new series, but Win or lose, you know, whenever you know, however far they go, I mean, they they got decisions to make in the offseason. Starting with Chris Paul, I mean, he he the one got the decision. Mm. He can either dip into that option, take the player option, take that forty four mil, or become a free agent. 
and you know, look for somewhere else to go. Someone might give him a longer deal. What's hurting Chris though right now is that injury. Yeah. Because man, once again, looks like, well, how would we invest a three-year deal, something like that, on a 36-year-old who now has hurt his shoulder? So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for his sake that, you know, I mean, you know, he's gonna recover. I'm, I mean, he needs, he needs, he ain't gonna get, he's not gonna get 100% right or even close to that in these playoffs. You know, however long they go, ain't like you're gonna end up in the finals. You're gonna be like, oh, he's no, he's still gonna be hurt. So no matter how far they go, he's still gonna hurt. But that's that's obviously priority number one. If you're the son, you're thinking, okay, do we? How can we make this work for he for him to, to stay? And Aiden and, and Bridges, hey, look, yeah, pay one of these guys. I mean, you, you mean one of these guys got to get money? I mean, like big money, you know. They're, they're, yeah. third, they're third year, third year players. I mean, it's, it's coming. Yeah. They got, you got to do some with those two, and so they got decisions to make on what they're going to do with the dollars. Now that now the team owner has said, you know, they went over the cap last year. They had no problems going over the cap again because they're seeing that that's what you got to do. You know, if you really, if you really trying to win, you got, you got, you got to spend the money. I mean, you look at Gold State, their team owner, GM, they just like whatever. Man, it's right and blank. Right. They put down whatever they need to. Whatever you need, we got you. You know, so that's what you got to do. You know, I mean, I mean they're, they're millionaires, they're billionaires, they can afford it. But the reality is, is that, you know, like I said, they drew the wrong squad. Uh, I think they would have beat Golden State fairly easily, to be honest with you. I mean, I know Steph would have went nuts, but I mean, they ain't got nothing else scoring wild. I'm sorry. Sure. I mean, yeah, they showed, it showed in those games. Like, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it yeah, gets Memphis. You can see it, like, like, ooh, they, Steph is out there. They, they, they were treating Steph like Jerry Rice. It was like two dudes out there, and it was like <laughs> with bracket coverage. <laughs> bracket coverage to them like Megatron. It was like, nah, dude, you, you, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not going to the house on us. You, know, yeah. you better get one of them other guys to do something because it ain't happening. So I mean that. So that's what it really came down to. So I'm looking at the whole scene, and I'm just like, they drew an unfortunate matchup. But the thing that they had to be thinking, if we get by the Lakers, it's on. You know, it's on. And then Chris Paul got hurt. Yeah. And they, and they haven't been, they haven't been the same since. Even when they won that game, you could tell that in the fourth quarter. It was all Devin and everybody, and you know, Aiden got a big tip in. But that's another quick thing about Devin. I know Joshua was asking about who had to step up. Devin has, I believe, 14 turnovers in the first three games. Can't keep doing that. The problem is that he has to handle the ball because Chris is hurt. So you so your best player has turnover prone. It has been turnover prone. All year, ever since I've since I started watching him the last three years, he's had turnover issues. Not all the time, but he has streak stretches where he does. He has one of those stretches now. So, what do you do if you're Monty Williams when your best ball handler is hurt and your best player has turnover problems? I mean, he earned that coach of the year. He got to win because he, he he got some decisions to make all the time now with this team. Whereas before. Used to just be like, here you go, Chris. Go handle that. He can't do that now. And it, it's frustrating everybody because they're like, we had a team that could compete for a championship 
And so that's what it's got to be thinking moving forward. If they lose this first round, they got to be thinking, you know what? We were injury away from making a deep run. All we need to do is retool, get better, add a big, an athletic big, because no offense to Dario, no offense to Frank Kaminsky. They should yeah. They, they should they, know. They, 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 they need right. They need something else that can when Aiden goes out, they're not losing much. Right. Or hardly anything. Right now, when Aiden goes out, particularly in this series, I mean Andre Drummond, he's got like forks and knives. He's he doing like this. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm getting ready to eat now. I mean, it's just, you know, so they need another athletic big, or at least someone that's that, that can hold their own in a sense and give them something. Dario, he likes to play on the perimeter. Frank is basically a three-man and a five-man's body. So, I mean, that's just that's just not ideal against what they're playing right now. Now, all these other teams they play, that's fine. But you know you got to go through Lakers, Denver, you know, teams like that, what they got in common. Denver got the best big in the league other than Embiid. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers got <laughs> stacks upon stacks of bigs. I mean, so that's who they got to go through. And if you don't have that size to match them, you're going to end up where they are right now, two one. Looking at everybody on the bench and going, how do we, how do we, how, how do we, how do we fight this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be too fatalistic, but. But you 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 did a good. <laughs> but see, I, I I want I want I want you guys to get back into it and make it a series, definitely at least, or if not win, you know, so because somebody got to take down that dragon in with the Lakers, man. But it, it's it's just it's just gonna be really funny to me, like funny in in multiple definitions, if the seven seed exits the West, you know, takes over the West, and then it's gonna be. It's it's again. It's like oh, when you put LeBron in it, with any team, he's going to the finals. It's like I'm not trying to hear all that, man. You don't want to hear that again? No, I don't want to hear that, man. Because it, it shouldn't happen. <laughs> we shouldn't have a seven seed winning any conference. But you know, with that said, the way you know, who's going to save us? That indignity. <laughs> who's going to save us? Because I don't know if it ain't your guys. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be Denver, man. I'm, Dallas is looking good, but, you know, they're playing against the Clippers, so you can't right. – how can you measure that up against yeah, you, can, you, you can't take much from that. I, yes. I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, in your opinion, you know, what do you think about the other the other series in the West right now before we wrap up? i tell you what, man. I, I, I've been like I've, – I've liked what Dallas has been doing as of late before they got into the postseason. I, I just thought that they were figuring it out. And then Luca was figuring out, and they were playing my man from uh, Villanova, the um, Brunson. Brunson. Yeah. yeah, Chicago guy. Yeah. Right. They they started playing him more. You know what I'm saying? So to give Luca off the ball a little bit and away from because you know Luca was handling the ball too much. I'm sorry, Jalen Brunson. He he's a dog. You know what I mean? He, he wants yeah. to be out there. And they was letting him sit idle. And I was like, dude, why y'all got this dude? You know what I mean? Make, make the trade or do something. So, but they, they, they let him play now. So you got him, Hardaway, uh, Porzingis, of course, who, you know, he, he's a he, he's fragile, but he's playing now. So you, you got to roll with it. You know, they got, the, you know, Keebler and the other big, I can't think of his name, he went to, uh, 
they had another big out there as well. And then um, Kali Stein. And so they got some bodies, you know what I mean? And, 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 and Luca is just, he, he's got that square frame, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of awkward, you know, like, but they can't keep him out the lane. Like, I, like, I was in there watching, like, you know, he he's not darting by nobody, but but I, I like Dallas. Um, I like Dallas going into the postseason. It's gonna look bad for the Clippers if they lose that series, man. I mean, come on, man. You supposedly lost these games on purpose to get that matchup, and then you turn around and lose the game, and you got playoff P and Kawhi. Kawhi is the most fascinating basketball player next to Kyrie, in my opinion. Uh, because Kyrie, we know what Kyrie is. The guy's ultra talented, but you know, it's like you don't know what he's gonna say or what he's not gonna say. It's just you know, he he's must see on a whole bunch of levels. But Kawhi, you watch him play, and it's like, <laughs> like this dude is on. This dude is playing by himself. Like it's like the other four guys are doing stuff, and then he just decides, you know what? I'm I'm shooting the ball right. You know what? I'm gonna get this rebound here. You know what? I'm going to the rim right here. It's like. Like, I would love to be in one of their film sessions to see if Kawhi is actually, you know, involved in it. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to see how engaged he is with the other guys. He just seemed like he's just doing his own thing. You know just what I mean? Just in the corner processing everything on his own. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he like, I'm the best player on the team. All right. You know, I guess, you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. But it's like... I don't, you know, you want to, you know, people want this all this emotion and, and all this this pump. Look, I, that, that 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 don't impress me. Damian Lillard, the guy hardly shows special expression at all. He's shooting, knocking down forty five foot shots. I'll take that any day over somebody doing all this screaming and yelling. Mm. But it's like Kawhi, you just wonder how was I love that you know him and Pop. How was that really working? You know what I mean? Like I, I just I would love to sit down with that with that dude. Well, it's, it's, it was seen, yeah, I don't know, but it was seen that it worked to a point where at one point he was just a guy who was taking in knowledge and stuff. Then at a certain point he was like, okay, I got, I got enough knowledge. I'm going to get mine. Right. And, right, right, and Pop right. couldn't handle that. Right. And, you know, there were guys couldn't handle that. So he, he went about the business. So I don't see the Clippers, I don't see the Clippers stopping the Lakers. Although I think that's the team that has the best chance. Talent-wise, yeah. Yeah, talent-wise, yeah. I mean, they're right there. I mean, I'm tired. I mean, I, I would take Rondo, you know, a playoff Rondo, you know, to help them get through that. But uh, but it seems like they can't they can't put it together. It's like it, it I saw like a grab I saw like a segment on ESPN today. They were talking about how good the perimeter defense has normally been. And it's like over the course of the regular season, they were like a top 10, you know, with, with ratings for giving up threes and, you know, right. and all that. But they fall into the bottom of the rankings in the playoffs. And that, and they say, and of course, there's the matchup in the way that Luca and everybody's playing in Dallas. But it's also got to be a thing where it's like, what, where are these guys' heads at? Where are they? It, it seems like at, at any source, any type of little bit of frustration or, you know, Pushback that 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 the Clippers get, they just fall back, and they right. can't they can't play their game anymore. Right, and that's a, that's a problem. I mean, so 
I'm just looking at the teams, and I'm, I don't think Utah. I mean, even though you know, you know, Chuck Charles is like Lakers can't be Utah in a, in a seven game series. I mean, I beg to differ. I mean, I'm just, I just, I just think that they would play him half court and and it would, and it would force Rudy Gobert to, to play defense, and, and Rudy would be fouling, and he'd be out of there, and then it'd be off to the races in the paint. Mm. So I, I just, I just, I just, the, the Clippers to me have the talent to match them, and and, and again. You know, if Chris Paul was healthy, this would be a, this this would be that series right now. But because he's not, you know, we're kind of looking at it and going, mm, well, you know, you're hoping if if you're Phoenix, you're hoping that the miracle happens with Chris Paul, like he gets like this remedy. Yeah, <laughs> he come out there at game five, game four, and it's like, oh, he's back. You know, yeah. you don't get that. It's, it's, it's a long Y'all in Cali, you know, he could get some medicinals while he out there or, you know what? or some, that's, some CBD that's, at the least, you know. That, that's why you don't need to go to Cali. <laughs> <laughs> See that right there? That's why, that's why you in the shot. That's exactly why you in the shot. <laughs> we, we legal out here, too. So I know that, but that's where I need there. to be. <laughs> 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 Let me stop, man. Let me stop. You gonna get you gonna get yourself like 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 a uh, Godfather Harlem where they coming to your house, <laughs> knocking on the door. Ellsworth, <laughs> the rest. And I love. Uh, I can't even. I ain't got no, I ain't got that pool like Bump either. So let me, <laughs> let me be. Let me be. <laughs> be pushing the buttons. I'm like, yo, this is wild stuff right here. I know it's. I know they. You know they fictitious. You know they. they yeah, add, they work. They work some things around. Yeah, they, they, I don't they, they know. on ten, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's a good show, though. I, I, yeah, I watched yeah, that yeah. too. That's a good. Yeah, it's, it's pop. It's pop. <laughs> well, but man, Dwayne, I, I appreciate you. Man. I always have fun talking to you, man. Really, yeah, really yeah. glad you made time and your busy day to, to talk with us. Yeah. Uh, I see you. You got up. I, it's not over yet for the for Phoenix. No, it's not over yet. It's not you know, over. Yet. I, I said I'm rooting. I'm rooting for y'all. I'm rooting for y'all to make it a series, and, and I root for y'all to win, man. Like I said, I don't want to see no more Brian in these finals, man. I, you know, but but I think I think it's gonna wind up being Dallas in in uh, Lakers in their in their conference finals. Myself, well, I think mean? that's what's gonna happen. That'd be interesting. I would love to see it. You know, Luca. Yeah. You know, I, I would love I would love to see it, but. End of the day, Chris Paul, man, he's got the most. Yeah, it's it's, he's it's tough, man. Yeah, he got the most important shoulder ever in the history of Phoenix basketball. Yeah, and, 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 and it's not, it's not, it's not looking good. I mean, he, again, he started off well, game three, you know what yeah. I mean? But then as the game went on, it was like. You know what? It makes me think right quick. It makes me think a lot of that series. Josh, you remember when we had Rondo and the, the situation yeah. was a little reversed because we yeah. the Bulls were, of course, the, the obvious underdog, but Rondo carried them through that series. Then he gets hurt, and it looked like the Bulls were going to – right when he got hurt, like the Bulls were in position to win that series. He got hurt, and it all fell apart. So it shows you the, the difference maker – that those type of players are Rondo, of course, back especially when he was dealing back then. And Chris just has been amazing this year, but 
you wish that he could just get through a, a playoff unscathed and, and right. be able to show his talents, but right. you know, it just don't seem to be the case. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 it is tough luck, man. I, I feel for him because uh, I because you know you know how hard he worked this year. And he had a hell of a year, man. I mean, you yeah. know, talking about MVP candidate. I mean, I didn't think he was yeah. going to win, but I mean, he, but still, he had a hell of a year. I mean, he, I mean, he, even he, for him to even be spoken of, though, it possibly that top five at this point. Oh, no question. He, he got my top. He got my. I get. I voted third. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I mean, the dude is just. I mean, he flipped it here. I mean, he came here and it was like, oh wow, like. Dude, I didn't think that dude was that good. Not Chris Paul. I'm talking about these other dudes. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wait a minute. What are you doing? And you, when you, when you start looking, you see the pass is like on pocket. You know, nobody's reaching to catch it and shoot. I mean, they get it right in rhythm. And you're like, this dude right here is he, he, searching. At the end of the game, I mean, he was just he – hitting, he hitting game winners over New Orleans. You know, he hitting dagger threes on – the dagger three hit against the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks were just like, this is garbage. You know, like, he didn't come into our arena and just did us in. So it's just like, <laughs> he, he doing it all year. And then you don't even get out of the first half of game one, you get hurt. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. It's tough. It's tough. But uh, we'll see how it goes, though. Uh, yeah. Starting start with Sunday. I wish you the best, man. I I need to, man. I I still know some people in Gannett, man. We gotta, I know, you know, Gannett be funny, man. You know, y'all gotta get your your travel budget up and send a brother like Dwayne out so he could be at the games. Why? Why let, are you let Dwayne go out to LA? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put the hashtag out this weekend. Don't do that, man. Look, okay. <laughs> Don't do that. All right, I'll be no, in. I ain't gonna blow you up. I ain't gonna blow you. I'll be 120 degrees heat for real. <laughs> I ain't gonna blow you. Man, up. if you do that, man, I'm, I'm coming to find you in the shower for real. <laughs> <laughs> you can find you, brother. I'm, I'm just talking. Sure. I'm just talking, man. But well, I appreciate. I appreciate the love, though. I, I, Josh, nice to meet you, man. And yes, you got a good brother with you. I mean, he's, he's a little nutty, but you, 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 you got, you got the right brother. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just gotta keep up with you. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> You ain't ranking, man. Follow him, Arizona Republic. What, give out your socials right quick, man. Uh, well, I'm on Instagram, Rank Barnes. Uh, that's that's a long story with that name. You know, my homie gave it to me back in the day. He passed. And so uh, that's my Instagram. And then my Twitter is Dwayne Rankin, D-U-A-N-E-R-A-N-K-I-N. And I, I mean, I got a Facebook, but, you know, I, I can't be on there, man. It's, it's too many, too much drama, man. Too much drama on Facebook, man. So I, I just totally leave it alone. Yeah, I got some wildness out there in Arizona. Right. I got enough. <laughs> I got enough drama on Twitter, bro. I don't need the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? So but, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Wait, let me ask you right quick. What do you think about the drama in the arenas that's been going on, man? Have they have as that that hasn't we spread to Phoenix anything? They had it. They had it early. It has. Yeah, it was like the Asian. It was like they, like somebody jumped on a, I think it was an Asian. And so they, they, they started the Asian hate, you know, thing, you know, where they, they really preached that. That was early. Once they, when they started expanding the crowds, that's what's happening, man. I mean, they got more people in there. You know, it was like when it was less people, then, you know, they were all spread out and, 
in their own little worlds, each of them, you know what I'm saying? Like four in a four in a pod, two in a pod. So they were they were just within their own little space. But now it's like it's more people, and you know, it's just like I hate it for like Russ, man, because he just seems to be like he's he becoming like a target. You know, they know Russ kind of will snap. Yeah. You know, you know, so they just they just kind of going at him, and then the Trey Young thing, it was like. Really? You know what I mean? Like, y'all, like, this is what y'all doing? So, I mean, it just, I hate it, man, because it's like, you know, we we dealing with this COVID still. I don't care what nobody says. You know, everybody getting vaccinated, but I don't care. I mean, like, it's still a problem. So we're dealing with that. And then you got this other thing where you, you know, they, they open it up. Now, everybody's doing it now. Like, it, it's out, you know, like. You got an arena, you watch a game on TV, it's they like this, knuckled mm-hmm. up, you know. So it's like they don't even, you know, so that so that whole rule of wearing the mask and all that games. Just just take a peek, man, when the Knicks or the Hawks would be the Hawks here. I mean, it's like whatever. So, you know, you you know, they they're letting they're letting you pass on that, which to me is dangerous. And then you're gonna compound the matters and show your show your hind parts like that. You know what I mean? Like Utah got a bad rep anyway, and they just went ahead and did it again. Yeah. Come on, man. Like what? What are we doing? Like, like what is going on? Like, like you know it's something that's deeper, and then you don't want to say it is, you know, it got anything with you know racial and all that, because you're trying to think that okay, you know, that can't, you know, we we want to be above that. But it just yeah, we, we spoke to that a bit earlier, and I think yeah, I, I think it comes down to these guys not being respected as human beings and, and being seen as commodities as much as anything else. It's like right. you know, if if I mean it's, it's not even enough that that most of these guys know that these players will, will whoop them up in a minute if they had a chance. They're not even scared of that. It's just like they just want, it seemed like you said with Westbrook, it seemed like these people just want to get a rise out of them to and create this moment where uh they they have an impact on the players right. just, just like their favorite team does or something like that. Yeah, they, 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 they can go back to their, their dudes or go on social and be like, Yeah, I, I, I you see what I did, see how Russell got upset with yeah. me. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, okay, well. You know, you're lucky that they don't have a situation where they can lie. You know, the the the, the malice at the palace is saving a lot of people because if that not happen, uh, you you might see Russ. You know, he might he, he might have found his way up in there and, and done some damage. That's, that's why those dudes was already older when he was in the in the in the hallway. They was yeah yeah. They knew, like, I mean, got to walk him to the back, make sure he gets the. Without uh jumping in that in those stands, no question, no question. But Dwayne, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man, and, and hope you enjoy the rest of your day and 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 evening and enjoy the rest of your time covering uh, these Suns, man. Hope they yeah. give you as many games possible to cover as they can. You you, you hoping for that, or you believe that's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping, brother. I'm hoping. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Hey, I appreciate y'all, brothers. I'm, I'm going to get back to finishing up this story because my editor sent me these emails like, hey, where's it at? Where's it at? And I'm thinking, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blaming Kyle. I'm, I'm gonna definitely let him know. Tell him to holler at me, man. Tell him. Nah, I ain't gonna tell him, man, because you're already trying to ruin my trap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Go on, man. All right, brothers. Y'all be safe, right, man. Appreciate you, bro. Much love. <laughs> That's my man, Dwayne Rankin, man. He's a real one. He, he's been. He's been coming on Regal programming for a minute, man. Used to be out in Montgomery covering Alabama, and you know he he's doing it, man. Do, covering uh, the Suns, and you know one day, you know we're gonna be out there back on that on that uh pro tip with him, you know people like him. But knowing that a guy like him is out there winning, you know, does me uh good, you know. Uh, so I definitely appreciate the way. And uh, definitely, uh, he'll be back on the show sometime. So, so uh, look out for him. But uh, Josh, man, uh, another good show. Wrapping this up, man. You got anything else in your mind? Uh, Boston seems to be giving uh, uh, the net some run here in this first half, and, and it looks like the uh, you know uh, my uh, the Hawks are ready to put uh, New York away tonight, man. What do you think about these games so far? Yeah. I mean, Atlanta, you kind of expect it. That's what home court, you know, that's what playing on a home court does. So for Atlanta to handle their business, that's big for them. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets and Boston, I'm glad Boston is giving some type of life to this to this series now that they're playing at home. Yeah. But, I mean, you still got Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. With the Blake. They just put up on the screen. Kyrie only got two. Uh, Tatum got 16 so far. So he's playing the way that he needs to play so far, but it's still early, definitely. You, you don't yeah. want to crowd out those nets, and you know they could form like Voltron at any minute. So, but yeah, we'll let, we'll leave it at that though, and uh, leave you guys to watch the rest of these games tonight. Check us out. Uh, we are RingerRadio.com. War on Anchor podcast version of this will be available over the weekend. And enjoy y'all weekend, man. Whatever you do, uh, keep it safe. Uh, you know, keep a, keep your head on a swivel out here in these streets, you know, and uh, hope you can, and have a chance to enjoy time with your family and loved ones, you know, regardless of how long you've been able to see them. Maybe, some of y'all may be getting together for the first time in a long time. So, you know, uh, enjoy that and uh, take solace in that and, and uh, you know, appreciation for that. So, you know, we uh, will be getting back at you next week sometime not sure when exactly but definitely sometime next week we keep it up and going as these playoffs keep going uh you know we definitely gonna be here with more uh good talk and uh fun for y'all this is the running with war show that's josh hicks i'm kyle means we keep bouncing and uh we uh see y'all later on the rebound <laughs>